Welcome, everybody. Good Life Housing Partners, episode 59, sitting here in downtown Los Angeles at the Good Life HQ. It is November 2nd, a Tuesday. And David Fong, where does this find you, my friend? I think you've had a little scare, but you're still there. Yeah, I'm, I'm still there. It finds me well coming back from uh, a, a business trip last week, um, all week in um, Dallas. And I think you were actually uh, on a trip, too. I was actually going to ask you... Um, because I know you fly American Airlines, and I know um, the previous week, you know, my airline, Southwest, had a lot of cancellations. But I guess this weekend was the uh, American Airlines hit, and I saw they had like yeah. fourteen hundred canceled flights. Did that impact you at all? No, it Were didn't impact me. Uh, luckily, I actually flew for the first time. I flew JetBlue product across ah. the across the country, which was actually a, quite a delightful experience, and it was actually my upgrade. So we're actually getting to the end of our podcast with items of the week very early here. But uh, yes, the so you product, I'll give a little bit about that later on. But yes, I flew JetBlue. It didn't affect me. And then I had a very nice, nice, calm, excellent flight home. I think uh, George Stephanopoulos was actually with me on the plane. And uh, yes, it was a it was a good flight home on American, completely on time. The 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 uh, the flagship lounge was open. The uh, oh. champagne was flowing at eight thirty in the morning. It was it was quite impressive. Oh, it's back to pre-pandemic. Like, yeah, it was. It's 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 beyond pre-pandemic because that lounge was not even in, in existence pandemic. So it was. Uh, yes, it was quite nice actually. I was. Uh, I actually wish I'd gotten to the airport earlier. Yeah. But um, but let's jump into some topics here. I know I know you've got a bunch. My my you commented on my trip. My trip to New York was was great. Um, the city is definitely back for. Those that live here, those that those that live in New York, those that are generally younger, those that are definitely not COVID worrisome or worried, uh, those folks are out and about, and they are filling up night places, they're filling up restaurants, they're filling everything, but probably the office buildings. So uh, they they're definitely they're filling apartments. They're they're definitely out there, and they are. Uh, it, it is definitely back to a a 2019 vintage, I would say. Okay, so 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 Manhattan was was or or Brooklyn, I guess, was was active restaurants for, you know, like New York. Like we we come to equate New York with pretty active nightlife. Yes, and, and so so it was it was it was pretty active. Yes, yes. Now I, I I met some of our investors actually a Thursday night in uh, in the city at one of the the famous lounges there. They had a, a a nice table in the center of the place, the like best table in the house. The, there was like a fully packed place. It was. It was, uh, I didn't see any masks under there. I saw, yes, it was people, young folks were just enjoying doing young folks things. And those that were not young folks were trying to act like young folks. So it was impressive. Well, it's fantastic. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so last week, I guess, I guess well, you were, were out of town. Actually, there was an annual event. We normally go to, we, we normally go to this uh, apartment conference. And while we didn't go, I did, I did get a few... Um, uh, tidbits and things that ca- came out of the apartment campus. I guess it's the Real Share Apartments uh, LA conference last week. Wait, wait, wait! But before you get to your tidbits, let, let's let me just. I got some tidbits too, and I'll tell you one. The most startling tidbit I heard because we both didn't attend was usually that conference is like apartments Real Share in Los Angeles because there's such a heavy owner like group of owners here in LA that usually can get like. 1500 to 2000 people to, to that conference. And they're like, you know, all the, all the investment sales shops have parties and 
brokerage houses have parties and you know this it's just a very lively conference it's not like i would say the you know the con content is not like that great but it has a lot of names that are like pretty prominent in the industry and it's got most of people that are very active in the industry they go there right yep and so normally, at least from what I remember, it's like a 1,500 person deal. It's pretty big. It covers like multiple floors. There's a lot of human beings running around. Yeah. So, so I got the tidbit, actually. A buddy of mine went and he said, he said not only were there not 1,500 people, he said they, would be, they were lucky to have 500 people in attendance, which I've, I've not seen that low of a number since 2009, recession era. Wow. Wow. That is that is a big uh, a drop. You're right, because, uh, you know, I associate that with a pretty, pretty big showing of people from the industry. And, and as you mentioned, you know, all those little events that, that you know, we, we bounce from event to event. And so, wow, that's that's a pretty dramatic drop from the past. Interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a pretty big drop. Now, I think if we just look at it, I think there's some there's some like other factors that might might make it a little hard to might make that number a little less obvious is that we went to our NMHC conference in June. That was on purpose a smaller event because they had restrictions. And I think on the other side, people are just really busy right now. Like whether it's, you know, buying deals, putting deals together, development, refinancing, whatever. And so I think there's just this overall industry lean to, to not attend these things right now for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, in apartment, you know, people are pretty busy because like you said, most of those guys in that L.A. room, L.A. apartment owners, a lot of them are actively buying deals or, or chasing yeah. deals. Um, the takeaway tidbit I had, you know, from Hassan uh, Nazi, who's the CEO of Marcus and Millichap IPA, um, you know, uh, at least on the state of the multifamily market, you know, he's he, basically you know, multi, multi is super strong as we always have been saying it is from our experience and the foundation for multifamily is, you know, is, is, is built on that, that we're just, you know, very far from being overbuilt and the demand is strong. And so, um, you know, even, even California, he, he argued that California, you know, things in California are much uh, stronger in the multifamily market in California than the headlines would suggest. So he was super bullish um, you know, institutions are super attracted to multifamily because of the stability of the asset class, even over this, uh, you know, COVID pandemic. And, and he thinks it will only continue. And so, um, you know, the only elephant in the room is inflation. Uh, but even then, he thinks it's going to be temporary. And so the um, future looks bright for multi, according to, to Hassan, who was the keynote speaker. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it's bright for Hassam over there. So yeah. They have a break, a breathtaking year of sales for the yes. IPA group, especially in uh, in markets like Dallas and Phoenix. Those guys have been doing exceptionally well this year. Yeah. Um, well, along, along those lines, too. So uh, another uh, uh, person came out with an interesting comment, a uh, CBRE economist, the chief economist for the head of the Americas regions, um, came out with this new theory. Um, he thinks that we are in the start of a new uh eight-year economic cycle so that we just started and it's you know the most cycles will trend up and eventually trend back down but at least in the next few years things will continue to the the, the growth and the cap rate compression and the gdp growth everything he just thinks it, um, it will continue you know commercial real estate market is in full recovery except for maybe office so uh i, I don't know how do you feel about this new you think the new you were in a new eight-year cycle 
I've never heard this eight-year cycle. I know you we were talking about it earlier, but I guess I don't fully understand what is, like, what what makes it an eight-year cycle. Uh, well, no, but I mean, based on where he sees the market going, he thinks the next eight years will be, you know, basically, you know, four four four, four plus years of of upswing before it eventually crashes down at the end of the. Mm-hmm. I guess I don't sub economic factor. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't understand what what makes it. Like, why does he see four years of economic growth? I don't have a full sense. I, I, I think it's a combination of the demand, the, the pent-up demand, the stimulus and everything. And he just sees our, our continue, you know, we'll be back to full employment. And he just sees, you know, it's, you know, I guess the, the opposite side of it is people were always, especially I think the UCLA guys were always the, the notorious pessimists. Um, you know, they're always coming out Anderson forecasts and things like that saying, you know, we're going to crash or any, the crash is imminent any, any moment now. And what I found interesting about this is the opposite. He's saying, we're going the other way. <laughs> he said, don't worry about the crash. The crash is over <laughs> or whatever crash is supposed to happen, you know, cause usually they say, I guess, historically it happens every 10 years. Yeah. Have a crash. And so he's saying, you know, you're still, you know, people, these people saying crash is coming and that's not happening. There's no crash. He's saying whatever hiccup this was with, with the pandemic, it's, it's going to be over. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think I think we've gone through some sort of like, you know, it's 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 interesting. We've gone through this this crash, but it wasn't like it was while it was like a very sharp dive. And there's plenty of numbers that show how how like how amazing that drop was, and then how sort of amazing the 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 sort of pop back up has been. But I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, this this drop was like really weird in the sense that. Um, it just, it was probably, it was probably happened at a time when it was almost a natural drop would have just occurred. And then it just became a really like absurd, much more like dynamic, like a much more severe drop because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like we were probably angling towards some sort of drop anyways, just on that, like the 10 year cycle you were talking about, because it had been kind of 10 years yeah. and there was probably some level of retreat that might've happened anyways, I think. I don't know what would have created it. I, I don't remember like going back to 19 or even early 20. I don't think our deal thesis is or deal like, you know, what we were looking at in deals. I don't think it really changed that much. I mean, we were in the middle of like, you know, closing a bunch of stuff at, at the end of 19. And we are, were like really earnestly working on all those things. But we hadn't stopped looking at new deals. And we hadn't changed our parameters at, at looking at those deals either. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the you know, picking a specific time, time frame to me is always arbitrary. I think, I mean, our last draft was in 20, 2008. And so definitely fundamentally different economy and, you know, with the you know, housing crisis and all that stuff that was happening with cheap money that wasn't really around this time. So I thought the, the, the you know, people saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, the drop is coming. I thought that was a little overblown. And I think in some ways, okay, we, we, we had this little adjustment you know, because of because of COVID, and now I think you know I don't think there there will be another coming coming shoe to drop because I don't I don't see any signs of it of it. There's there's nothing in the macro factors that would suggest it. So I I, I think we're uh, and I I, I actually like I actually believe this guy's theory that we're probably now going back up, and so it'll probably be another good eight years. Maybe it'll be ten years. I don't know um, before we do hit another cycle. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I think that, that there is like this market factor um, where people are, are I think that, that the people that are concerned about where we are in the market 
it's it's really out of like just kind of a, a a sort of just markets have to crash at some point. It's like the UCLA thing you were suggesting earlier. Like you just if you keep guessing that it's yeah. going to crash at some point, they will be right. Okay, you'll be right at some point. Yeah, eventually, you know, it will land on double zero, right? So, but I don't think like if you look at all the market metrics that there is a real crash. There are there are factors that we could really like you know. Uh, really like microscope in on like you know like debt to rate debt debt ratios could be one we can look at some geopolitical risk like you know where you know something like taiwan is kind of concerning or like the middle east is always sort of a concern but i I don't know if any of this stuff is enough to to throw the train off the tracks yeah yeah i I agree especially geopolitical side yeah i don't think from a fundamental economic standpoint i don't think there's anything i see yeah, you just Jason and and Bree also shook their head in agreement. Just I know you can't see them today, but they're they're definitely agreeing too. So, all right, we're all bullish on where the world is going. Um, so, David, I know you you got some your uh, inter- interesting numbers or anecdotes from uh, DFW. Please do share. Okay, uh, not interesting, just DFW, just interesting things. I, uh, you know, uh, last week uh, was also a big week uh, for for all the Facebook fans out there. I guess Facebook rebranded themselves into something called. Who is Meta. a Facebook fan? <laughs> People use Facebook. They still have a lot of users. So the, the like you said that like they're like Marvel fans or like fans <laughs> of like Superman or something. Like I don't think that no, like, I don't think people that. are like walking around with Facebook T-shirts and, and like you know, or, smiling or, or, and or, or Facebook stock investors who are fans of this company. Okay, <laughs> oh, you mean the Zuck? Yeah, the Zuck. The Zuck and um, his crew. Okay, all right. Yeah. Fair although, all although right. a lot of people say the rebranding is really just an escape hatch from them. I guess they've got a bunch of embarrassing whistleblower documents floating around and testimonies and all that going on right now. Um, but they, you know, to but to reflect his like commitment to this, uh, we've talked about this, the metaverse. You know, um, he's he's going all in. He actually renamed the company now Meta. And yeah. So and they'll be trading on the new symbol Meta Platforms. Um, interestingly enough, um, you know, the same day that they switched and changed their stock symbol, this Canadian uh, materials company um, also experienced a twenty five percent spike in their stock price, which has never happened to them before. So they uh, were fortunately the beneficiary of that. Um, basically, um, so so the, so not only did they change their name, they also um, you know they committed they're they're planning to hire another ten thousand workers on this whole uh, virtual augmented reality and VR projects. Um, just to kind of give you some scope, ten thousand employees is basically two times the amount of Twitter's entire staff. Um, and they and they and they also set, they plan to set aside ten billion dollars to do metaverse investments to buy uh, companies and other startups in this in this sort of virtual reality. The goal being, I guess, Zuckerberg has this vision of being able to. We're going to be able to play virtual games, attend virtual concerts, go shopping for virtual goods, which a little Oculus on your head, and, and actually not go into the store, but sort of VR into 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 the store, and also do uh, VR work meetings. And so, uh, you know, as, as Zuckerberg was quoted as saying, he thinks the metaverse will be the successor to the mobile internet. So pretty, pretty big talk for a guy. Uh, a lot of it, you know, probably is just talk, um, as, as I mentioned, sort of a distraction from, from his other problems. Um, but he's, you know, he built a fairly big company and valuable one. So the, I don't know. What do you think? You think this, this, this metaverse will happen? And that people will uh, be in the world and, and it'll the happen on some, real estate. Yeah, it'll happen in some degree. It'll happen in some fashion. I mean, 
Listen, I, I don't come to the office every day because, like, yeah, I enjoy working with the people here. I enjoy, like, the conversations. But a lot of it is, like, it's just the pace of work when we're all together is just way higher. Um, it just goes up. Like, and, and, yeah, maybe if we were all in some VR, like, seats at our respective homes, maybe it's okay. But I don't think it, it's the same. Like, I don't think, like, you know, I don't think a lot of things we do in, in day-to-day life are, are that easily replicatable on like a VR, in a VR headset. I don't know. Maybe they are, but I, don't, I think it's a lot more challenging. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I mean, I, the other question was, was to the extent that this does happen, like, you know, I, I guess it's almost like the, the science fiction movies, you know, you, you put on a VR headset. So like you and producer Bree and producer Jason, we all put on our VR headsets and we meet in the, in the metaverse matrix world here yeah like we're in some pseudo looking office that looks like our actual office in that yeah in los angeles and we're able to kind of interact virtually like that if that was possible that technology would we use it i, I guess maybe but but i could but i don't think it would be the the death of the office i think we could still have the office space you would still so from a real estate standpoint that's where i was getting with this i don't think it'll have a huge uh it's not going to do away with you know, the whole real estate asset class. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's going to do away with that, but people are just going to live in, like, you know, phone boots just dialing up to the metaverse, but... Yeah, and not I, go to shop, you know, not shop. Yeah, I mean, there's just something that's intrinsic about, like, the physical experience, whether it be the office or, you know, going shopping or going to a restaurant. It does are really hard to just take out of the human, kind of, human nature, right? And the best quote I got was like, you know, this is cool. Can t- I can totally visualize parts of it. Like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, would it would it be fun to like play like a poker game with like, you know, some of our staff that's not in Los Angeles? And like, yeah, I could see that. That that seems actually pretty like doable. Mm-hmm. Like that seems kind of cool. Like even like some of our investors that aren't in the U.S. to like do like walk them through like one of our projects. Actually go to the project and walk them through it and they could join. There's parts of that that seem pretty cool, I think. Um, but I think the other side of this is the technology probably needs to get a lot better because there's still like for most adults, like a good portion of adults, like, you know, they're, they're nauseous wearing that damn Oculus thing on their head. So like, you can't have a portion of your audience that's just like going to be nauseous all the time, like just want to vomit. So I don't know. I think there's a ways to go. A lot of it's, um, needs to be defined further and, but some things I think will really do well. And then the other things are just going to be hard to replicate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess just similar how the pandemic, you know, virtual tours and remote touring and all that kind of got, you know, has, has become, you know, it's it's a permanent thing now, I think, in real mm-hmm. remote tours and virtual tours. And so I think, um, you know, like if you can make that transition somehow, like you said, to, to, to a virtual, you know, via VR meta tour, that that could, you know, could be an interesting marketing tool in the industry. But for the most part, I think, you know, like you said, the, the, the interaction that, you know, going shopping, the touch and being actually able to, to do it that, you know, there's still a long ways to go before any of that gets completely replaced. Um, supply chain. So, um, so uh, Los Angeles and the Long Beach ports, which, which are the uh, uh, 30 to 40% of all uh, cargo to the United States comes in through those ports here in Southern California. Uh, they just passed a new rule that uh, went into effect on uh, this past Monday yesterday. Basically, um, you know, due to the backlog and everything, 
um, there's all these excess containers that are just kind of sitting around and clogging up the 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 ports and i guess people haven't been shipping companies haven't been coming to get their their containers and so <laughs> there's a number of empty containers and also just a number of containers that are full of stuff too that are still not getting uh moved out by trucks and so of course everyone's pointing the finger at other people and uh you know truckers are blaming the port it's shipping companies blaming truckers etc and so um just so now the the uh, harbor commission is now starting to charge the shipping companies a hundred dollars per container per day for every day that you're uh, you're, you're 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 stuck there, and usually uh, in the in the old days it used to take you uh, once your container got to the port to the port itself, it usually would take a truck less than four days uh, to 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 generally move all your stuff, so it'd be, wow. it would be gone in four days. Now it's uh, and trains in the, in the few, in a few days, less than four days, and so but but today it it takes like thirty days or more to move this given the, the whole disruption that we're having in the supply chain. And so currently we have 183 ships anchored out, out, out in, in the, in the water. If you look out on the coast, just kind yes, of as you, as you did a few weeks ago. Yes, yes, yes. As we did a few weeks ago. So uh, the, the backlog is, is, is still here. And, and uh, I guess the backlog is real. The backlog is trying to use real. some financial penalties to try to try to see if they can get the shipping companies uh, moving. Although a word I heard from the business side is the shipping companies were just going to pass the cost on to others. So they're not oh, 100%. there. Oh, 100%. But it is creating quite a, quite a bit of mess. And especially also around the cities that are right by the ports, too. They're saying all, you know, because they say a lot of truckers now are... are like just abandoning containers on streets and stuff. And so neighbors are <laughs> are coming out to post signs like trucks can't park here and there. And so, so um, it's getting a little messy. I think it's definitely getting messy. I think that you're going to see as we, as we kind of wade further into, um, you know, through Thanksgiving and into the Christmas holiday, uh, with a lot of pent up demand. And, and, you know, I, I think it, I, I'm sort of too minded about it. Cause I think that people have a lot of savings right now and there's a lot of inclination to go and spend, but in a lot of ways, like this consumer goods save uh, spending that, that um, has historically been a December sport. You like how I use that, David? Yeah. yeah. December yeah. sport. Yes. Um, <laughs> is actually like, maybe it's already kind of been like sprinkled throughout the last kind of you know, year and a half, like the last 20 months, people have just been spending more than usual. And so now maybe the aim, like I kind of saw this in New York where the aim was no longer like, like I wa- I was on Madison Avenue party where normally there's a lot more shopping bags. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I didn't really see shopping bags, but at night I definitely saw more people like, you know, going out and going to restaurants and night spots. And like, I, I definitely saw more of that. And, and more importantly, like the people I'm with who live in New York, said this has like been increasing for like the last like six six months or four months or something that it's really been starting to increase especially as it's turn as the fall has come like it you know so it might be something where like maybe people like you know i mean people could always get more stuff you can always get a better car you can always get newer shoes or a better sweater or whatever but i don't know there might be a, a portion of the of people that are just like i don't really need more stuff but i'd like to go see a friend I haven't seen in a long time or go have dinner at a place I've been wanting to go for a long time or a new place or something like that. So I don't know, may, maybe some of this supply chain for the, the winter might, might be a little bit over, uh, overthought. Maybe it's not as bad as we think it's going to be. 
Well, I think I think well, eventually it should work itself out. But I also think it. I agree with you. I think people will spend, and and people, you know, like you said, they'll just hold off on spending. Maybe you don't necessarily go crazy this Christmas, but you know, definitely, I think people want after being cooped up for COVID, they definitely want to be out experiencing things. So I definitely see that that rebound and sort of like traveling somewhere, you know, or or going out to a fancy restaurant or club, you know, and spending money there. Uh, was definitely uh, will continue. So that that you know, especially I could see, especially a city like New York where they've been cooped up for a while. That's that's definitely um, you know something that's attractive. I mean, along the same lines, a uh, uh, happy post Halloween to you, by the way. Yeah, uh, you thank know, you. you know, ha- Halloween this year, actually from last year, um, they, according to the National Retail Federation, people spent ten point one billion in Halloween this year, as opposed to eight billion um, in twenty twenty, two billion dollars more. And so, um, and so I, I assume you, did you go out trick-or-treating with the kids? I did. We went to several of the streets that are known for Hello, Halloween, uh, a good Halloween trick-or-treating. Uh, one, in, in fact, that actually they closed down the street. So it's quite, quite a good scene. It's a lot of different age ranges out there. Some that I'm a little questionable about, about getting free candy from your neighbors, but <laughs> that's a different story. Um, but yeah, it was great. It was awesome. Okay. Yeah. Good. 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 Yeah. Because uh, I think that's a lot of fun. That you know, the, and I to me that's like, you know, it, everyone's you know have 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 haven't done that in a while because of the pandemic. So I think in the past few years, and so going out, especially in towns like where you live, um, and, and then I assume some of the houses were pretty elaborate. Yeah, some were definitely stuff. very elaborate. Definitely mm-hmm. on the on the street that was closed, they had some definitely some very elaborate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I assume and I and I, I think that'll probably happen. We we have some in the South Bay here. We've got some houses that also really do it up for the the Christmas holidays too. So, um, you know, uh, you know, definitely, you know, people, you know, people more festive mood. They, you know, sixty five percent of Americans are supposed to be celebrating Halloween versus fifty eight percent last last year. So it's definitely. Uh, you know, um, increasing. Although I did hear there was a, a costume shortage for certain costumes. I guess challenge with costumes is what's it's hard to predict. You know, re- really early with supply chains, what's going to be the hot thing? Did you see any uh, Squid Game? Costumes? I did. I was just going to say that I think the hottest costume by far was was the Squid Game deal. Like I saw, I saw at least, uh, I think I saw at least four kids like in the kind of like like uh you know eight nine to twelve range that were all squid game characters the, especially the the kind of the guard guys yeah okay uh, i saw a handful of those I, yeah I, I think that was the most i mean that was the most that was the con that was the costume i noticed the most for sure mm-hmm. uh but it was yeah it was cool uh, it was it was it was a good time yeah. Um, going back to Dallas, so Dallas, uh, Dallas was Dallas. It was, it was actually, it was pretty normal. <laughs> I mean, it didn't, didn't seem to me, uh, uh, any signs of, of the pandemic really. It, it seemed like business so, as usual. Like uh, the way, way it's been for like over a year. Okay. Yeah. That sounds yeah. about right. I, I mean, <laughs> the one thing I noticed, and I think I pointed out to our producer, Jason, too, when we were waiting for our Uber car and we first got out of the terminal, <laughs> I noticed the first thing a couple of people did was they very, very quickly removed their masks. <laughs> so I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, yeah, I throw the mask off the second I'm off that plane. So. Um, but but otherwise, yeah, was, you know, people are doing deals. We, you know, went to, you know, met with brokers. We, you know, we're at restaurants and, you know, everyone's just, you know, it's like normal times. Nice, 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 nice. Um, well, do we have a question? I think, yes, question? I think I think we have actually a very good question this week uh, from 
from Nancy who, from Ohio, which makes a very interesting question. Will real estate continue to be a store of value against inflation? As I guess she's sort of insinuating, like as you get more things like the metaverse or NFTs or Bitcoin, like how does real estate like uh, stand up against those? So I, I have my idea and this sort of leads into my number. But what's your sort of idea on this one? Um, well, as you know, I'm, I'm older, at least uh, technologically savvy. Oh, and, I think all the pod so, knows that you're older, and buddy. And, and so, uh, so, so I'm not fully sold on, on site crypto and, and all that stuff. Yet. Yeah, so me neither. Even though, even though I, Mr. Wonderful just... Shark Tank is. Yeah, so for me, I like hard assets and I think, uh, you know, and also just from experience, you know, end of the day, I think, you know, you know, what was it? The it was it Mark Twain who said, that, you know, land they, they don't make any more of it. There's only a no, finite. No, they don't. And and I think, uh, you know, the I think real estate will continue. I think it always has acted as a hedge against inflation, uh, and it's a good place in, in in a balanced portfolio to have some of your uh, your wealth in. So I think it will continue. And then, you know, then you can go, you know, obviously real estate, there's different risk tolerances for what you're going to invest in real estate. But uh, I think it'll st- stand the time against inflation. So, so actually, this is sort of my number of the week. But I, th- I think one of the most basic um, things that I've sort of thought of in the last week or so is, um, you know, if you look at what our what a current savings rate is in a bank is like 1%, right? And we look at where inflation now is targeted to grow, which is like 5.2 or 3%. This, mm-hmm. this, so if, if you are a, a normal American and you're just sitting here and you don't know what to do and you're like, I don't understand crypto, and I don't understand NFTs, and I definitely don't get the metaverse or whatever your outlook is on all those things. And maybe you just say like, what's the real utility of Bitcoin? Is it like, can I go buy like a, a car with Bitcoin or can I do anything with these things? So maybe you have a, a you know a question about the so but you just look at where savings rates are and where inflation is. You basically on your money are losing four percent on it on an average year, right? Mm-hmm. Which has not like happened for like many decades now. And so to lose four percent on your money, you know, if you have significant amounts of money, then you're even if you whatever is significant to you, that's a very painful thing for most people to like think about, right? Because like if you have a hundred thousand dollars. You're essentially losing four grand a year if you do nothing with that cash, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think what this is my number of the week is like essentially it's a negative four percent. Is that most people now are looking at the world and saying, I can't stay in cash. That are like you know, investors that are like really thinking about the world, or even just your almost everyday citizen that has a savings account. Because the reality is that from at least the first time in a very long time what your dollar is going to be able to buy you today and versus what it may buy you in a year. Nobody is sitting here and saying that that dollar is going to buy you more in 2022 of November. And so if you think of the world that way, you need to start putting your money to work, especially if you think of like what you're saying on the, on the, like the eight year run. Like if you have three or four more years of bull run in front of us where things are going to keep on increasing, your dollar is just going to keep on getting stretched, whether that means paying for rent or paying for cars or paying for sweaters or paying for the new Nintendo, whatever. Your dollar is just going to keep on getting more and more stretched out. You have to pay more for all those goods. Or you're going to keep in a savings account earning negative 4%. Now, that's a good way to look at it, the negative 
percent losing money because it's true. And then if you invest in real estate, rents will go up too. To, yeah, to, I mean, we've seen tremendous rent growth. I mean, even like, I mean, yeah, we, we've seen tremendous rent growth say, in some of the markets that we're in. So, like, I think our strategies now, especially if you have concern over any of the new kind of uh, Bitcoin or the blockchain or any of these new th- new things that people are using and, and using to make a lot of money in certain cases. I mean, suddenly, like, you know, investing in your basic apartment building, that's going to throw you a 5% return on a yearly base. Plus, you have, you know, a tax hedge and you sort of have like other uh, instruments to help you kind of put that money to work. It's suddenly it's not as risky as it once used to seem. Yeah, no, I agree because you, you, you're, you're, you're fighting against this, uh, like this, like the inflation costing you money. Right. So, so Nancy, I would say that real estate will continue to be a store of value until um, I'd say until the metaverse really takes off, or they're building condos on another planet. Then we then we can have some bigger problems yeah. to talk about that, that you can take a shuttle to. And uh, <laughs> yes, that you can take a shuttle to. So uh, my my number of the week is minus four, and that's the what I would say is like the new uh, savings rate minus negative four. Uh, David, your number. Uh, my number is interesting. It's more of dealing with uh, uh, just sort of uh, uh, growth, uh, something you talked about. Um, you know, 2020 was actually the uh, best year in print book sales, not surprisingly because of quarantines and pandemic. Uh, but audio books uh, actually increased to 16.5%, um, which actually reversed the trend. It was declining before the pandemic. And so the future of audio books was, was in doubt back then and i just thought that it was hmm. people are reading that's surprising more. so uh by the way the most popular book in 2020 was uh a promised land by uh bo <laughs> baraki so was that really the promised land was the most popular book really yeah top bestseller in 2020 wow. okay, i'll add it to my book list i didn't know that okay very cool uh what's your content this week uh, I watched a new series called My Name, another South Korean. I actually binge watched it. Uh, it's about this uh, uh, woman whose father was killed, and uh, she joins the police department to try to find out who killed her father. Uh, but she, uh, but her father used to be a gangster, a dr- uh, underorganized crime guy, and so she was kind of manipulated into the police force by uh, her father's part and does other organized crime. So it's, uh, it's an interesting uh, uh, kind of action uh, series with a lot of little twists and turns in it too. So as, as a lot of the South Korean dramas have. So um, surprising turns. Very interesting. Uh, my, my content was a movie that I didn't get to finish, but I will finish called Dry. And it is about the um, like I guess it's about sort of the Australian like outback but it's in a, some sort of city in Australia that hasn't rained in like a year and so they're de- dealing with this like severe drought and there it's like a mystery and um, but it was really interesting just to see how like like as all this climate change we're talking about and like how these people are actually in this place it's like really all about farming and how they've had to change a lot of what they're doing and in kind of this, the plot line, you know, has little bits and pieces about like how the severe drought affects it. So kind of an interesting story. Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish it because uh, my plane landed in New York and then I couldn't find it on the way back. But um, that gets me to my upgrade of the week, which was actually 
for the first time in a very long time, I flew JetBlue. I flew, flew their mint product, as I said earlier in the episode. And uh, it was very nice. It was like, um, it was like Southwest, but like, you know, in business class. So like people are like more friendly and they want to help you. And then they could like make you lattes and they even like could make like cocktails. And I don't know, it was just a very friendly deal. They wrote you a little note. It's cute. Like it was a nice product. Um, I, I look forward to using it again. Yeah, JetBlue's got a uh, it's got a nice bunch of flights too from New York. So you went yes. you're up to Kennedy Airport. I know. I actually flew into Newark after. Uh, it's been at least three four years since I did that, which was which was actually really uh, quite good. Oh, is the airport modernized? No, no not at all. I haven't not been to all. New York in the airport no, in Newark. No, the, mo- the airport is not modernized at all. <laughs> the, the airport is still in Newark. It's still New York. It's still New York. It's still New York. That's all you gotta say. It's still New York, New Jersey. That's all you gotta know. Uh, yeah, but it's it's very convenient. It took me like, uh, like 32 minutes to get to the city, which was, uh, I think, much faster than JFK. So that was great. Oh, that's true. I haven't uh, I haven't thought about that in a while because yeah. yeah, it is, it has gotten much more time time consuming to get. Yeah, because a, a cause bunch of people live in Brooklyn now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. So yeah, no, that's why I had to get I had to get to the city. Um, I was trying to get to a, a, like a like a late dinner, late drinks type of deal. So I was trying to get there at a certain time, which I, I did, but it wouldn't happen if I flew to JFK. Uh, any upgrades for you this week? Uh, no, unfortunately, as I mentioned to you, I was a little ill this weekend. So uh, yes, you were you were downgraded this weekend. Yeah, I was downgraded but, a little bit. Yes, <laughs> uh, you were unfortunately downgraded. Uh, but you're feeling better now, and all is well. You're taking some vitamin C and stuff. Yeah, taking my vitamin C and my vitamin D three. So so um, feeling better. Definitely feeling better. So on the on the mend. You're on the mend. On vitamin the mend. C and aspirin and all that stuff. Yeah. Taking. Doing all this stuff. Good. Good. All right. Well, that should do it for us, folks. Uh, thank everyone for listening. And please do continue to subscribe. The questions have started to get really good. Um, we're trying to you know, keep this as, as engaging as possible. If you can leave a five-star review, that would be amazing. And if you have any questions that you want to just send to us directly, you can hit us on our pod at goodlifehp.com email. And always find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the business-minded LinkedIn. Uh, David Fong, any final last words besides get better, my friend? Uh, just uh, be safe, everyone, and get vaccinated. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a-